Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. Today, our guest is Don Levan from Vanguard Custom Software. Welcome, Don. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's always good to have you. I guess you've been on here before, and you'll be on again. So we're going to be talking about a training class that you're doing with Ernest Co. right? Yes. So how did that idea originate? So I, I've wanted to work with Ernest for a long time. I think he's a really smart guy, and I respect the work that Proof does. And I've been really pushing myself to learn the craft of interaction design as I apply it to my work in FileMaker. And at Pause on Error last summer, I was really thinking about planning a workshop to to teach interaction design in the community. And Ernest and I started talking about it over lunch one day, and we decided to do it together. And it's just been uh, a lot of fun moving forward and planning it with him. He's an excellent person in the community to work on projects like this with. He really is. He's got some great ideas, and he's got solid design chops. And he's got the freedom. He's got proof to the point where he's got the freedom to actually really execute on great ideas like this, which you do as well. I think you you kind of have to get to a certain point in your career before you can take risks and do big things, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So the class is Interface Design, Interaction. What's the actual title? So this is the... Uh, Fundamentals of Exceptional Interface Design, and it's the first in a series um, that I'm calling the Craft of FileMaker Seminars, Professional Software Training for FileMaker Developers. And the idea of the seminar series is to, is really to not necessarily focus on the super cool tricks that you can do in FileMaker, because there's really great resources in the community for that, but really to bring into the community the things that lots of other people are starting to do and, and have been doing for a long time, but to, in a formal way to bring in some of the lessons of other programming languages and other design environments uh, and see how we can really tap that knowledge to make our design and development better. So it's the fundamentals of exceptional interface design. And Ernest and I will be hosting it in New York City on October 13th through the 15th. So three days and it's $1,850? That's correct. Which is a Good price per day. Now, this is very different than the FileMaker training series, like the certification training. Yes, it's extremely different than the FileMaker certification trainings. Those are very important, and I, I, you know, I would recommend them to anybody that, that hasn't done them. But this is not going to be so much about the mechanics of how you wire up a button in FileMaker Although we are going to be covering a lot of mechanics in this class, this class is really about the philosophy, the process, and the practices of interaction design as you would apply it to your work in FileMaker. So it strikes me that this is really after you're already an intermediate expert and you've been working in FileMaker for a while, you may not actually really understand, you probably don't understand, and certainly in a formal way, the the requirements of making a good interface. You sort of just do it by guesswork. And this is well, more formal? or You don't necessarily have to be an intermediate or an advanced developer to, to get something out of this. You know, we, we really want people that know how to use the layout tools. But beyond that, you know, this would be applicable to anybody. So where we're going to start is, is how do you understand the problem the client is asking you to solve? You know, the client comes to you with a problem statement. We need prettier interfaces. We need better navigation. But we always, we being me and, and the, my peers that I work with, always start with a, um, a design phase where we 
execute a, a research process to understand the problem. And we, you know, we conduct interviews, we do you know, user observation, we develop a document that identifies each of the user types, the common scenarios they face, and the requirements that the application must meet based on that. And then from there, start iterating, start developing you know, lo-fi sketches that just are about developing ideas, and then higher five sketches, and then designing in the application. And so this class is really about that process. So, and it doesn't have to be a very long process. I do the same thing when I'm implementing three features as I do when I'm redesigning a whole application. You know, so it's a process you can do in an hour, or it's a process you can do over the course of two months. And so it's, it, the first part of this class is really about understanding that process and walking away with a set of documents and templates um, that will allow somebody who comes to walk through the process themselves. That sounds really useful. I'm, I'm, as we talk, I'm sort of reflecting on the process that I usually do when I go through to build an interface, whether it's to add three uh, fields or to start a whole project from scratch. And I pretty much do the whole thing at FileMaker. I, I sort of just I mock up all my rough in FileMaker and get client buy-off on that before I actually do any coding on the back end or anything. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's exactly right. It's, it's all about it, when, you, when you start out with a very loose process, you know, FileMaker is a great prototyping tool. And so we're going to talk about how to use FileMaker for prototyping. It's much easier to make changes when you start out with it sort of very fluid and loose before you fix it down. Right. And you can iterate it. You can duplicate a layout and make some changes. And What are the other goals of the class that you're going to try to take students toward? The first part is really understanding the process. The second part is really understanding some of the key principles of interaction design and starting to internalize them so that as you're walking around in the world, you're much more aware of interaction design successes and failures and you know, what works in an interface and what fails. And then as you're looking at your own application, be able to have you know better idea of what are some of the key things that you need to be looking for. And more importantly, what are the references and the resources that you can draw on to, to get that information? We're going we're gonna to talk about things like what goes into creating a really solid data entry form, how to use a grid to lay out an interface. How do you do prototyping FileMaker and, and how do you use sketching to generate your ideas? Um, and then the last part we're going to go into a little bit is how to, how to test your designs, how to usability test it, you know, in a way that doesn't have to have a whole lot of expensive budget, but really helps you see you know, whether somebody's understanding the concept that you're communicating through your design, you know, it makes sense to you, but does it make sense to the person who actually has to use it, who doesn't have your knowledge of what went, what went into it and how it works? Right. I, yeah, one of the mantras I say often is, it takes a great deal of complexity to make something simple. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, think about, uh, you know, think about a, an iPod or... An, <laughs> you know, really, really simple device and all the complexity to make those menus that easy and that easy to use where you push play and it just always does it, you know. You mentioned some successes and failures. What other, what examples do you have of that? In terms of 
what? In terms of uh, what other interactions, like as you go out in the world and you experience interface that works and doesn't work? As I was leaving DevCon and I was traveling home in the, in the airplane, I got to Newark International Airport and I was going to the PATH train. And as I'm walking towards the elevators in the PATH train station, I watched this couple who were probably in their 60s walk towards the escalator. There's one escalator going up, and there's one escalator going down. And they walk towards the escalator, and it was it was reversed from what you would expect. The one on the left was going up, and the one on the right was going down. And yet, their habit was so strong that the one on the right should be going up that they walked towards it, and they just couldn't make sense of it. And they just stood there for a minute, looking at okay, what was going on, and they moved to the other side. Hmm. Um, that was a failure of interaction design. There was a very clear habit that you know, had been set through all of the other escalators in the elevator in the airport complex, and they expected it to work a certain way. And so they weren't paying attention. They are going about the business, and it didn't work the way they expected it to. And so the consistency in your interface really makes a difference in the usability of it because people come to expect something, and if it's not the way they would expect it, you know, it's, it's problematic. Yeah, like cars then, with gas pedal on the right all the time and... A steering wheel, when you aim it to the left, the car goes to the left, basic things like that. Sure. Or, or dialogues, custom dialogues that have the delete button as, the, as a secondary button every time, except for once you switch it, and it's the primary button. And they you know, habitually will do the wrong thing because you've, you know, it's, it's been reversed in one occasion, and they're, they're right. it's going the other way. Consistent interface is important, well, although I think the default button should be the least harmful. Um, yes. I, don't know, I guess I have a different take on that. You know, sometimes sometimes you want to make it easy to casually delete something. So when you click a button and it should come up, and if you click enter, it should actually delete it. And sometimes not, depending upon the severity of what would happen if you accidentally delete it. Abs- absolutely. You know, I mean, it's but, there's there's no. This isn't dogma. This right, is, right, this right, is yeah. not religion. This is a way of thinking about the world. I'm a big fan of Donald Norman's books, the um, uh, the design of everyday things and emotional design and the invisible computer. And in it, he he sort of talks about his way of seeing the world. Um, you know, the way light switches are placed on the wall and the fact that the placement of the light switches and having too many and one across the room that does you know, one thing and the one on the, on the other side that does the other thing, they do this, and you never know which one's up and which one's down. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, you know, make a big difference. The, the choices that you make people make, make it harder. When you have more than one way to do something in an application, it makes it harder because they have to stop to think which one are they going to use. Yep. That's why on the iPhone, it's a modeless interface. It's a, you know, there's one home button. There's one way to get to the home screen. And that means there's less choices that you have to make. Right, but there's three different ways to look up a contact name. Yes, that's, and you know what? That really bothers me. There's no reason <laughs> to have an address book application. Yeah, it, you know, I don't use it anymore. It's, it's just, it's besides the point. You know, I have to say, uh, I never use the one inside the phone application anymore either. I just swipe to the left, and I use the uh, spotlight search that searches everything. It is a spotlight search. Yeah, it search. That's the way I've searched for apps I hardly use, and I search for people, and I turn all the other ones off because if if you turn them on, it uses a lot of battery. Searching email and searching music and all that stuff that you might not use. 
So this is going to be really cool because we are, you know, we are planning a course that has a combination of lecture, you know, and hard real-world deliverables that somebody will walk away with the the templates and the forms that they need and a clear understanding of the process that you would work through to be able to go home and do this on their own. But we're planning a, a whole series of experiential exercises also that make it visceral to, to, to help people get into the frame of mind. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's just, it's, it's just coming together so nicely. I really wish I could be there, but I won't be able to join. So, yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah, well, this is the first in a series. You'll definitely yes. see me at a, at a follow-up one. Okay. So, let's see. What are the things that most inspire you about this, the specific you know, subparts of it? My background is is a I, I am a clinical psychologist I and a former photojournalist and so the fact that I can combine several different passions um, you know of of design and psychology and computers to help create people create applications things that make their lives better makes me really happy and you know, it's it's really incredible to me to have a process that's repeatable that I can go through to really understand what my clients need and then build something that really solves the problem and have the project just sell itself as a result and referrals just come as a result. And it's fun. I get paid to play and I love teaching and so I most of this stuff is gleaned from other really smart people. I read a lot and so Getting to read, you know, these great works by wonderful interaction designers in the community is just a lot of fun. And sharing that with the community, with the FileMaker community, is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that sounds, so So it sounds like what really drives you is actually the helpful aspects of it, the part of where you're actually really helping build the community and make people's lives better? Yes, what really drives me is is making my clients' lives better and sharing with you know the filemaker community. The filemaker community is, is so rich and and interesting, and um, it's given me a lot. And so to have the opportunity to to continue to make it better is really exciting. That's a good thing because the filemaker community is lucky to have you in it. Well, thank you. So we talked on our last podcast a little bit about design patterns, which seems like that's a pretty big subtopic of this class. How much design patterns are there, are there going to be? We will. We will definitely be covering design patterns. So as we get through the, the period where we've gone through sort of the, you know, what are what is the problem and then, you know, what are we going to implement, we're going to start to talk about, well, what are, what are some of the common design patterns that are being used for FileMaker? What are the resources for design patterns on the web and in books? And how do you use them as you're building an application? How do you, how do you recognize the data models that, you know, they're at play and how do you identify which design patterns to use and how to piece them together? It's going to be a big part of what we're, what we're talking about. Cool. You mentioned also some usability testing. So at the end of building a design for your client, some, mm-hmm. some measurable ways. I guess I'm really, as, as I love science more and more and read more about science and listen to science podcasts, repeatability and measurability are such important aspects. 
and they're so it seems so hard for something that's more purely art like a database can sometimes be what methods do you use to to uh, really know if you have a good interface well one of the primary ones is really is just commonsensical one of the primary ones is get somebody who doesn't know the application at all who's never touched it give them specific tasks that you need them to accomplish. And those tasks typically come out of the scenarios that you've gathered in your, in your design research and ask them to complete one of those scenarios and say, here's some basic information you need, now go. And very often I'll use ScreenFlow, the recording software, to record what the user is doing and ask them to talk out loud of what they're doing. And just, you know, in two minutes you get really good information about whether they understand how to solve the problems they need to solve based on what you've, what you've done. So we'll do that once we get into a sort of a higher fight prototype. You know, sometimes we'll use paper prototyping when we're a little bit lower fight, where you draw out the interfaces on paper and you use sticky notes to represent what happens when you do with it, hit a button and make it find out whether people are understanding what you're doing. Hmm. So, you know, those are just some really easy ways you can do it. We're going to be talking about um, some other stuff as well. But one of the big ones I use is just have somebody that you don't know or that you know that's never used the application. Like my wife does a lot of usability testing for me. You know, I'll, I'll, as I'm developing, I'll put the application in front of her and say, you need to add six contacts to this project how would you do it? And I don't give her any other information. And I ask her to talk through what she's thinking, what she's looking at, and hmm. look at the application through her eyes without giving her any other information. I love that idea of using ScreenFlow. I've never done that with a user before. Oh, ScreenFlow is fantastic. Whenever I'm redesigning an application or I'm doing a design review meeting, very often I will open up their application on my computer, connect to the FileMaker server, and turn on ScreenFlow and get them to talk through what they're using, what works well for them, what doesn't work well for them, so that I can record and go back and look at it later um, to understand how they're using the application, what works for them, and what doesn't. And sometimes I'll just leave it on for 45 minutes and let them do their work and be talking to them as they're doing it and take notes that way. And it gives a lot of information. Hmm, cool. Um, what other books would you recommend? Um, I guess we're kind of getting off into just general information for people who who love this topic. And I think I don't think you can stress enough how important a good user interface and a usable solution is. I haven't really read much about it, and I'd like to know more. On my website, which is vanguardcs.net, you will find the handouts and slides that I gave at DevCon. And on the back page of the handout that I provided is a list of some of my favorite references. But I can tell you right off the bat, I would start with The Design of Everyday Things by Donald Norman and The Inmates Are Running the Asylum by Alan Cooper. Alan Cooper talks about the fact that developers are not users. Developers understand the application inside and out, so they, they have the metaphor already firmly in their head. And they're willing to tolerate a lot more pain because they think it's cool. And, you know, that whatever the application is, they're willing to tolerate the geekery. And users aren't. So the, um, about the 
inmates are running the asylum sort of talks about that and introduces the goal-directed design process, which he invented. Um, his colleague at Cooper, Ken Goodwin, has a book out called um, "Design." Uh, what is it? Design for the Digital Age. Hmm. That is a really fantastic book as well. That walks through a lot of these processes. And then there's just some really great books. I came across a book recently by, I'm going to butcher this last name, and I apologize in advance, but Luke Robleski, who I believe is the lead designer at Yahoo, and it's on form design and the philosophy and practice of form design, and it's fantastic. It just got published recently. And then there's the, there's the whole Edward Tufte series of books and seminars. And if you ever get a chance to take Edward Tufte's day-long seminar, it's very worth the 375 that it costs to get in. That's T-U-F-T-E, Tufte? T-U-F-T-E. Right, that's what I he thought. He is a professor of statistics and design at Yale University. And actually, Obama appointed him to be the, the data information czar for the Recovery Act. And so the... U.S. Uh, Recovery Act website, he's very involved with helping to make that usable and readable. So Donald Norman, Jeff Raskin, the human interface, Raskin was one of the people involved with the early uh, design of the Macintosh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tufty, Cooper. So other than books, are there other resources that you draw from? Like, uh, do you listen to podcasts or are there video series? I, I, it's it's hard for me with podcasts finding the time with little young kids, but I read a lot. So I read a lot. Anything that comes out from, from Cooper and Adaptive Path and Frog Design uh, and IDEO. And there was just a really great uh, short video clip from IDEO, the international design firm, about how they went about redesigning the ATM machine. And they were hired to redesign the ATM machine for uh, a bank, uh, I think it was in Brazil, and how they spent a lot of time watching users in banks using ATMs and what some of the problems were. They came up with a whole new concept for an ATM machine, and it's, and it's fantastic, and they, they go right through a lot of the same processes. And so that's one of the cool things about this, is the skills that we're going to be teaching this class you know, are great for FileMaker. But they're really the same skills you would use to build a, a Rails project, a web project, an iPhone project, you know, redesign an ATM machine. Hmm, okay. It's the same process. Yep, general usability and interaction. I wouldn't say really industrial design, but it kind of feels like that. It's, it's, you know, there's a whole layer to industrial design that I know nothing about and we won't be covering. But some of the skills are, will, will overlap. Well, Don, this sounds like some great stuff. I hope you get a lot of people coming to the class, and I hope the seminar series really uh, takes off. I certainly uh, will talk to a lot of people about it. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm really excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've gotten some great feedback from the community. Some good people are coming. And you know, we'll be doing these in other places. Uh, you know, I recognize one of the, the difficulties in getting to New York is, is the travel and, the, you know, and, and staying there. And so we'll probably do these again in other places. And you know, if people are interested or want to host one in their city, feel free to ping me offline and we'll, we'll set something up. I could see success for one in Portland. We've got a really good community there. Awesome. 
And one in Vegas would be really good too, but for totally different <laughs> to- different reasons. <laughs> yeah, Vegas would be fantastic. Who really cares if there's a FAMIC or community in Vegas, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for your time, Don. My pleasure. Thanks, you too. All right. <laughs>